Welcome back to The Right Angle. Mo is here, the G-Man's here, Igor is here, and we have a special first time, could be last time, depending on how she does, guest. It's B-Dog. B-Dog, welcome to The Right Angle. And without divulging any information that might get you or us canceled, give us a little bit of your background. Oh, that's a challenge since we are supposed to be hidden. A um, little bit about my background. I mean... It is a large state, so I am from California, and a fun fact about me, let's do that, I can wiggle my ears. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> do you think more people can wiggle their ears or talk like Donald Duck? Uh, probably talk like <laughs> Donald Duck. When did you figure that out, or when did you realize it? Oh, I was probably like 10 or 11, because my dad could do it, and his dad could do it, so... Oh, wow. So Gene, I guess the oldest, gets passed down. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, is that like a, a, I mean, it has to be some sort of a muscle. I think so. I, I guess I trigger it from the back of my neck in a way. I have to really think about it, you know. It takes huh. a lot of skill. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Can you get better at That's it? That's why Can we you... can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get, can you like, if you really concentrate and practice, can you like wiggle them more like Dumbo and actually you know, take off? You or? know what? I've been working on that so much. Just, I want to be like Dumbo. I want to be able to flap yeah. them, but I can't. Unfortunately, it's just the base, but you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'd probably have to make some tool to stretch them out first. Oh, you know That's what? The, yeah, I don't know why I didn't try that. Well, Kamala Harris is doing a Dumbo impression every day, but in a different, <laughs> a different sort of way. Oh, so what, uh, G-Man, do you have any questions for someone born and raised in California? I'm sure you probably can, do. Can, I, I think I can ask where you were born without giving away your identity. Oh, yeah. I mean, Los Angeles. So that, you know. Ouch. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. And you're still there? No, luckily, I mean, I am back there, but I luckily was born and raised in Ventura County, so a little farther out, which is nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Any more questions and you'll have to be killed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, what else can I ask? Well, while you're, while you're thinking of them, do you remember the Arnold Schwarzenegger governor days? I'm trying to think how long ago he was governor. Mm, I don't. Not really. Yeah, not really. What do you have a moment or was it a very gradual evolution where California just really went into the toilet? Um, at least what I remember, I have to say I've it's really been brought to the surface this past two years, just with the pandemic or what I call the pandemic and uh COVID and everything. It really brought to the surface the problem with the politics and the it you know, the government of California taking advantage of California residencies. But I didn't, you know, I don't remember noticing it a lot when I was younger. Obviously, when the crash happened in 08, that really affected our family, as I think it did for a lot. But yeah, yeah. Uh, B-Dog, uh, just just so you'll know, uh, on the this podcast, we don't call it COVID. Ooh. We call it Kung Flu. Kung Flu. Great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so let's start calling it Kung Flu. Kung Flu. Like you're supposed to. Okay. Give it the respect, yeah. Yeah, right. the respect it deserves. Lots of respect, exactly. of course. My bad. Sorry. No, no problem. Flu. You didn't know. I'm just no, educating you. No, it's better. You I that. like it. It's what it should be called okay. from now on. Have you, ever, have you ever seen Governor Gruesome in person or been close enough to throw Smell a him? tomato? Smell oh, him? I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, if I did, I would, that, was, that would have been my fun fact to start off this podcast. It would have been something about him and me throwing uh, something at him. You, you mean you don't yeah. frequent French restaurants? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. You probably would have seen him there, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I need to know, are you, you are not living there anymore then, is what you said, well, the, on the left coast. Uh, well, no, I still am. I'm still in the, the depths of L.A. and dealing with all of the fun that's there. Okay. Is the homeless uh, population growing there? Are they a problem? Uh, when you come to a stoplight, do you fear for your life? When they come around you like zombies. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I actually had my first experience of being in downtown L.A. Let me tell you, don't uh -huh. do it. 
uh, had a homeless guy come up and knock on our window and try and wouldn't leave and then started pounding on it and I quickly sped away but yeah no there's a lot and what's sad too is we it, where I currently live there's this one stoplight that I'll pull up to and there's this guy with his dog and he clearly in my opinion is not homeless he has nice shoes he has a phone that he pulls out from time to time and he sits there with his sign and his cute dog and gets money every day instead of going to the u-haul across the street where it says we're hiring you know they don't he that that always frustrates me when i see homeless like that i'm like you could go work go, go work do you point to the u-haul place and say go there <laughs> I make should. Money. You know what? I'll do that. Yes, go make and earn your money. Don't just sit and receive it. It would be funny if you know how people have signs that say, "Whatever." If you held up a sign that says, "You all is hiring." <laughs> right here's my sign. I like your sign. Here's mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Igor, have you encountered many homeless? derelicts. I know, you know, when they talk about LA, obviously it's a big, big place and certain areas are worse than others, but do you just sort of avoid the bad places or are they spreading? Yeah, surely you can't avoid all of them. Uh, there are so many, obviously specific places are worse than others. There are, you know, the, the blocks and blocks of tents and areas like that where it's just they've made their community and the police are told not to do anything about mm -hmm. it and all of that is very frustrating i and where is that specifically do you know as you get closer to l downtown as you get closer to hollywood uh certain parts of west hollywood you know there there's the strip where everyone for whatever reason goes there it's dirty and it smells bad so i don't know why it's such a frequent spot for these hip young people um but i guess what they're into is pretty dirty and stinky to begin with uh so yeah anywhere towards the city i mean where i guess you would see gangs and stuff i mean it's just homeless people running around um but funny enough i i don't know if i've ever told many people this but i when i first uh, arrived in the left coast i i worked at an event and i was contacted by one of my supervisors and he said hey we have this uh woman who we are assisting with work and we we need we're in need of somebody coming from your area to pick her up and take her home at night Ooh. And I said, oh, I'll be a good Samaritan, oh, you, you know, and, you know, they, <laughs> yeah, they, they offered a bit of money, which made the good Samaritan work <laughs> even easier. And so I would, I would drive, uh, it was a event that took place later in the evening. Uh, and I would drive by Hollywood and I would, I would pick her up and she was a homeless woman, which I did not know at the time. She was trying to work, which I, you know, I found respectable, but she was, I, I couldn't tell you how old she was. She could have been 40 or 82, <laughs> and she she wore this, you know, what looked like uh, something you'd find in the kids section at Old Navy or something, this pink jacket, and she would get in the car, and she'd kind of talk a little muttery, muddled to me, and you know, she had a lot to say, but not, she had a, let's say she had a lot to talk about, but not much to say. Mm. And could you understand I her would, or was it just, yeah, she, it okay. wasn't, it wasn't gibberish, yeah. but it was just kind of off the handle. Like, um, oh, mm -hmm, yep. Okay, great. Yeah. That's wow. Huh. Crazy. Um, and so I, I would take her to and from work and she, you know, she made a little bit of money and about halfway through that experience she she had bought this new jacket a new cologne or something and oh boy it made my car smell but you know i would drop her off and she'd say oh yeah just pull over here and i'd let her out and there she'd go just to the street with her little pink suitcase and wow. i i like to think i was doing a good thing so you know it was worth it but i think probably about a year or two later i i drove past hollywood and i saw a pink jacket and i just said oh Maybe that's my old friend from oh, back in the day. But I, I 
can't say I stopped to say hi or anything. Was it mm. her? If somebody else is rocking that fashion <laughs> statement, maybe maybe it could have been somebody else, but it, it looked about the profile that I had remembered of her. How many mm. how long did you take her back to the road? <laughs> it it was it was about a, a month long gig and it wasn't necessarily every night. I I was I wasn't able to help out all the time, but I wonder what what she did on the other night. She probably drove her own car. <laughs> yeah, she probably probably turned the corner, stopped muttering, and said, "That silly boy, what was he doing?" Oh man, would you? Uh, when's the last time, G-Man, that you picked up Never. a hitchhiker? Never. Never. Have you? I mean, you don't see no. them much anymore. I'm sure. I mean, growing up, they were relatively frequent, but you. Were you always advised by your parents not to, or did you just No, never, I was never advised by them to, to not pick somebody up. I just knew hitchhikers from my school and things, and, and they're the type of people I wouldn't pick up. So by knowing uh, that, you know, oh, i got to go hitch a ride to get to work or whatever, and I go, good luck, you know. Uh, yeah. I, no, I would, I would never pick up a hitchhiker. Uh, I wouldn't pick up a hitchhiker if she looked like she was on the Swedish volleyball team. Because you never know. If, if she's hitchhiking, it's for a reason. I'd probably stop and eight guys would come out from the bushes and, and, and kill me, take my car and kill me. So, no, I will never do that for any reason at all. All right. And B-Dog and Igor, I don't imagine you've picked up hitchhikers in your day, or have you? No. No, just being a female too. It's like I would never take any kind of risk with that kind of stuff. So no, thank you. Yeah, I can't say I. I'm sure. You know, growing up in a smaller town, if I ever saw somebody I recognized. Yeah. But even even then, it's not like they were actively searching for hitchhiking. They were just walking, and I would offer a ride home or something. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to agree with that. Just with, I'll see people, um, where I work, I'll see sometimes they'll be walking home and it's late at night and that's when I'll just, you know, say, Hey, do you want to ride home instead of walking late at night? And I know them personally, but that's the only time I'd probably do that. Yep. Yeah. You certainly don't see nearly as many as in the, uh, I guess seventies or whatever, or whatever. Uh, did you ever pick up any mo? No, but one time when two friends and I were, or three friends and I, we were hiking in the, uh, I think it was Zion National Park, and we had gone up a river, up or down, and we had to get back to the car. And so two two of them stayed down, and the other two, myself and a friend, walked back, and it was probably mm, three or four miles, something like that. So we hitchhiked we tried and man it took we were probably more than halfway there and finally someone stopped and gave us a ride about a mile or something but no i never reciprocated and i kind of felt a little bad but if i was in that situation maybe i would but certainly no other circumstances so Hey, fun fact, I heard someone talking about corn mazes. When do you think the first corn maze was built? What year? You know this? (laughs) Yeah, I looked it up. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know if I even want to make a guess. I'm just horrible (laughs) at time, but I know it was an extremely long time ago. We'll put B-Dog down for that. Corn maze. Corn maze. I would... (laughs) I mean, imagining uh, the pilgrims playing in a corn maze is pretty amusing. Uh, but I don't know if that's even long enough ago. Yeah. They invite the Indians to Thanksgiving. And <laughs> yeah. then they say, but you got to go through the maze. Yeah, I was thinking more Indians. <laughs> like when the Indians started it, because they introduced it to them. Uh, yeah, All right, so you're, th- sure. you're thinking several hundred years ago. <clears throat> probably, yeah, probably like the... Uh, 1400s 1400s okay sure i might i might have to qualify my (laughs) my factoid when it says the first modern corn maze oh interesting Uh, yeah hmm g-man what do you think do you because when you were little 
Do you ever remember corn mazes? Uh, yeah, my parents put me in a few of them and uh, then left. <laughs> that really survival right, that of the really fittest. left a mark on my life when they did that. <laughs> I was able to find my way out as soon as the harvester got the rest of the corn out of there. Um, I, I think the first well, corn maze was done in... 1904, and the reason that they made a corn maze was because it was an Amish wedding, and they had the bride at the end of the corn maze for the groom <laughs> to go through to find her. Is that, that or multiple good. grooms? Oh, yeah. And I yeah. the first one there got got the first. <laughs> or if it was Mormons, it would have been one guy and like six girls and. <laughs> he just went and picked as many up oh, as he could. An all-day affair, no, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> and all night. Um, so two guys created the first modern corn maze in 1993. No way. No way. Yep. No way. I mean, that, that must be when they became commercially, you know, people would go and pay huh. to go on. But, yeah, I, I would have thought earlier, although I, I never remember any growing up that were like advertised like they are now but and the world's largest one is 60 mm. acres wow wow that is a wow. lot of, a lot of corn anyways that's a lot of know. corn all right g-man we're going to cut right to the you know what independent that you have uh i think some leftover stories from i do somebody sent me as a matter of fact they sent me another roll of toilet paper today as a matter of fact, <laughs> the first one uh, was uh, the, the headlines of this was June jobs reports find that the U.S. private sector has regained every job lost during Kung Flu. And, and, and I read this and I go, uh, a strong job report shows that the private sector has now recovered every job that was lost during Kung Flu, when millions of people were laid off during former Don, President Donald Trump's tenure. That's, that's the first part. The job recovery, in a, oh, it's, it's, uh, and then they say that right now it's been the strongest and fastest jobs recovery in American history. And it wouldn't be possible without the decis decisive action of my administration oh, no. took last year to fix a broken Kung Flu Aww. response, blah, blah, blah. Bryden, or By, or Hayden, I'm sorry, Hayden, who rarely brings up his predecessor's name, said the employment situation is better now than it ever was during Trump's time in office. So I vomited on the rest of it, and I can't read that part, but uh, that was the first one. It was, I, I mean, the, to say that every single job has been recovered since Kung Flu, is, is somebody smoking some really good crack? Yeah, well, Hunter has got plenty <laughs> well, of Well, there you go. To go around. There you go. He probably supplies the <laughs> Oval Office with it. There's. Well, I mean, I, I, go ahead, Igor. I, I'm, I'm not sure that Biden remembers whether it's the office of the president or the office of the apprentice that Trump was in. So I, I'm not sure he, he can intelligently know that or the job numbers well i mean i don't know where to start but obviously all the places that went out of business pretty hard for those jobs to be recovered and i'm sure there were millions of those and so many people work left the workforce and certainly some of them have come back not all of them if they're still having these moratoriums on paying rent and stuff so I mean, and even so, there has been no job gains. It's just been some some measure of recovery. But I did hear that I think the new jobs report was a little bit weaker, and I'm sure whatever good news there had been is not going to be so good in the next few months. I find it interesting that Hyden is in office, and there's a lot of job openings that nobody's taking. That wouldn't happen with Trump. Anyway, yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll do this one other one, mm -hmm. and then I, we got to get B Dog in here because we're we're just we're just taking up too much of this time. <laughs> but this was I found kind of astounding. 
Um, Michigan gas prices down as oil prices drop. This is in July when they said this. Part of the price drop can be attributed to the Haydn administration's efforts in recent weeks having taken significant action to address high energy costs by cracking down on price gouging by large <laughs> oil companies and releasing one million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve every day for six months. So he's robbing our strategic oil reserves to bring the price down that he personally directly caused to do that. The administration is continuing to work with international partners to release another 240 million barrels of oil in order to drive down the oil prices. Hmm. Or I could just open up the pipeline. But, you know, that, oh, that well, how, you know, come that's, too, that's easy. too easy. That makes sense. And why would you yeah, do something that makes heresy. sense? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, the only good thing about that whole thing is I can now use that for toilet paper. So, there. <laughs> I don't have to buy, go to Costco and buy any. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what are what are gas prices right now out on the left coast? Because here, I mean, they did go up to like the highest I saw was five twenty five, and now they're like three eighty, three ninety, somewhere in that neighborhood. Where we are, the lowest we can find is four eighty nine. But I even was in L A the other day, and it was seven eighty nine. Oh, are you serious? You know, and I, yo, know, yeah, I completely like was blinking and rubbing my eyes, like looking at it, going, no way. How is that still there? But I, I should have took taken a picture. But it said seven eighty nine, and I was blown away. Wow, were people yeah. filling up there? No, um, they went either a lot of shells, or that's I've noticed is like uh, some around the area are not as bad. But I was surprised that that specific, I can't remember what type of gas station it was. But it's Chev- you know it was Chevron. A, oh Chevron, it was Chev- Chevron. Chevron usually gouges pretty. Pretty bad. Pretty good. Yeah. But not as bad as the Biden administration. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hayden, Hayden. Yeah, Hayden. Hayden. When's the last time, G-Man, you filled up at a Phillips 66? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Phillips 66? I I don't recall when I or, did. Or Sinclair. Or Sinclair. Sinclair Dino? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't think. Are they even around anymore? I think there, Philip. Yeah, there Philip are a six, couple on the left. There right. are okay. Mm-hmm. Philip sixty six mm-hmm. or or Dino. Dino, really? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They still have the dinosaur. Yeah, some of them. Yeah. I mean the the logo does. You mean they've yeah. got Hayden on their on their billboards? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. What? Oh, Very good. Okay. Very good. Whatever. B dog, I understand you have uh, a topic, a timely topic to talk about. Oh, I do. I mean, we have to talk about the Queen of England who passed away today. Yeah. Crazy. Just, I mean, it was literally at what, two o'clock. Two. O- it was just like six hours ago or seven hours ago. So. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Crazy. I. I heard it was funny because I heard something this morning where they were talking about her. And this was a story from a couple of weeks ago, being in bad health, and I haven't obviously followed it. But yeah, I, I heard that. I guess uh, you go first. Yeah, I mean, I honestly was shocked when I found out because, I mean, we. I think I already knew it was coming just because, you know, her husband passed earlier this year, I think. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. She was 25 when she became queen, so she was queen for 70 years, which that's amazing. I mean, think about all the history that has happened in that time, all the people that she met, all the changes that she made that affected history in a major way. It's, it's crazy. Which just digesting that information, just, I was honestly speechless because I have loved following her history and the history that she's been a part of, the history that she's made. I love following the shows like The Crown and um, different shows like that that talk about their history because it goes so long but her as an individual, you know, being in charge of a country and doing all of that, I just was blown away. And it's just crazy that she's gone because she's the most famous person on the planet. So it's yeah. crazy. That's, I, I never really thought of that, but I'm sure 
she is the most well-known, which I guess would be the same as famous. I wonder how much her duties have evolved because obviously they have no say really in the politics, but right. what does the king and queen, I mean, I know what they make like ceremonial appearances and stuff, but do they have any say in how the country runs? I don't know too much about their politics. I know that she would sign off on things and I'm trying to remember in what area she would do that. I know she was always aware of what was going on. I'm just trying to think because I don't know too much about their politics and how like in order and what that branch and what that tree looks like and how that works. should probably look it up. G-Man, what are your reflections? I'm, I'm curious as to how long you've been following the queen. Was it something that like when you were in grade school, you read about her and then, you know, it just kind of clicked and you followed her from there or kind of most recently when I can't remember what year the first season of the crown came out but my mom was a huge fan of the show and she she always talked about the sets and how beautiful the castle looked and I just was drawn to that so I started watching the show and that's when obviously it's a show it's not I don't know how accurate it is people say it is more accurate than the other things that have been put out but probably when the first season I can't remember what year that was but that's when I started really showing interest because I didn't know too much about that history I did go to London uh, when I was 16 and that was pretty cool and just the history just because you know America is a new country in terms of all the countries you know and seeing and being in in these big cathedrals that you know had the steps were all swayed in from people's knees and going up from praying and we don't have stuff like that here and so that kind of history just blew my mind and so it was cool learning more and more about that but also about the individual that she was by herself I can't imagine being in charge of a country at the age of 25 just you know and not being able to go to her dad for advice who ran it before her like that's that was always just crazy to me that that's a reality that was happening did her dad pass away at an early age obviously or what how did she become queen yeah he i know he had been dealing with i think lung cancer and he had a lung removed and replaced and i think it just didn't go well from there so she was on a trip with philip in uh kenya when she found out about her dad's passing and uh, I think she had two kids at the time, pretty much just starting her whole family life. And then on a trip, they tracked her down, found her, and let her know that her father had passed, which it's just crazy because you not only are processing, she wasn't only processing the passing of her father, but also now processing knowing the duties that have now fallen on her. Did she have a mother when she had the father that passed? Yeah, she still had her mother with her, um, but she, you know, she knew a little bit of the duties that the king would do, but obviously not to the extent that he would know and be able to guide her. And even though, like, her whole growing up, she was raised, you know, with a very high level of education, more than her little sister, because she was always planned no matter what, she would be the next queen someday. So she did have that high level of education that only she would receive um, much more than other kids in other normal grade schools or public schools. So, man, I wonder if anyone, I mean, this is a serious question. Has anyone ever been a prince as long as Charles? Because he's got to be in his early, mid-70s. Hmm. That's a good question. I, I don't know. Or now, Cause... I don't know when he becomes king, but you wonder if if there's... I mean, being 96, obviously, an awesome life that she led. I wonder if there's any part of him, naturally, that's sad, but that's sort of relieved or nervous, or if he's just like what his state of mind would be right now. I mean, if it was me, I'd be terrified. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably be around that stuff enough for as many years as he's been alive that he could probably you know, take the reins if, if that is the case. And, uh, I mean, he, he, he has to be king. Who else would be king? Yeah. Well, they, I mean, there's always Paul McCartney, but I, you know, I don't know how royal he was before that. So, um, yeah, I don't know how many people they've knighted over the last 
whatever, 50 years. I wonder how often they knight somebody. If it's like once, uh, and it's, I mean, Paul McCartney's been knighted, Elton John's been knighted. Mick Jagger? Any of the, Mick Jagger? Any of the who? I don't think so. Have there been any, like, sports people, like? Beckham or somebody like that? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Or actors? Well, sir. uh, Ian McKellen. Yeah, Ian McKellen. I guess Alec Guinness, I think, was, right? And maybe even Sean Connery. Yeah, Sean Connery might have been. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Man. What what does that mean when they're knighted, though? Like, what does that mean in terms of their status? Do they have some kind of, are they a part of a committee that makes decisions on things? Like, what does that mean? They're just better than you. Okay. (laughs) Got it. Okay. Whenever you see them, you you bow, you kneel, you know, you kiss their feet or whatever. Nobody really gets anything but the sir before their name, huh? It just says, I just Googled it, and it says, Knighthood is an official title given to British men, which I never thought of, but uh, who have performed some kind of extraordinary service. When someone receives a knighthood, they're formally addressed as sir. So there is, I mean, it's obviously knight as in, you know, knights of the round table. So I don't know if there is a uh, female equivalent of that. Sounding a little sexist there, Britain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Maybe if you're queen should... of England, you know, I guess you can be the only one. That's yeah, fine. but you'll never be a king, so. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> time, to, time to unravel Yeah, you better. <laughs> oh, a dame, like Dame Judy Dench. A dame is the uh, female equivalent. That makes sense. Okay. I, not, I don't know. Well, I know a lot of dames, but not, <laughs> <laughs> not oh, in that way. Are you in trouble? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, Igor, any thoughts about, uh, do you remember when, gosh, when did Princess Di get murdered or killed or accidental death or whatever you want to say? Do you remember that? How long ago was that, G-Man? Wasn't that in the 80s? I think so. Oh, okay. I think it was in the yeah. 80s. So uh, the, our guests probably I, don't remember I do, that. I do know somebody uh, somebody on the internet who is British. He, I, I remember hearing of him talk about uh, remembering that moment. He was maybe 10 at the time. But he, I mean, he recalled just feeling like the world stood still for a whole week. He -hmm. just, nobody really did anything. Everyone was just in shock. And, you know, the the people liked her so much that it was just, you you couldn't think of it happening. I I imagine in whatever way it's similar to, you know, 9-11 and just the shock and awe that occurs after an occasion like that. It's just the unthinkable happens and nobody knows how to respond. Like JFK. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. How about, what were you more shocked at, G-Man? Michael Jackson or Elvis Presley dying? Um, I was probably more shocked at Michael Jackson because I knew at the time what was going on with Elvis and his uh, prescription um, quote-unquote overdoses that, that he would have yeah. and the doctor that was prescribing I don't know what he had 25 26 pills and when when he went and how he went I just thought well there you go you can't do yep. that and expect to you know to live a long life so I was not I, I was more shocked at him than I would Michael Jackson uh, you know no yeah I wasn't you know, I wasn't shocked at that either. So Yeah, I didn't realize. I saw a special on him. I didn't see the whole thing the other night. And I didn't realize how bad he was doing. And I don't know if it was just prior or how many times, you know, he was addicted to painkillers and just all the problems he had. I guess they obviously kept a lot of that out of the press. But he, uh, I mean, after probably mid mid to late 20s, he was really never, quote, normal. Uh, yeah, for sure. 
Well, Igor, what uh, what do you got on your mind? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> Oops. Uh, Busted. I, <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I've been enjoying listening to Jordan Peterson more and more. Um, he's always got interesting people uh, to talk to, people uh, or ideas to share, as we all know. Uh, recently, I trying to pick just one uh he he talked to the president of hillsdale college uh, a couple maybe a week or two two weeks ago maybe yeah and i think it's that hard. was about a month or two but yeah that was yeah, it's, that it's was... hard to say when his podcasts come out i'm not sure what that timeline is but uh i really really loved their conversation and their discussion when it came to education and what education means and i believe uh, it was the president. I, I, what's his name? Arn something. Yeah. Arn. Yep. Larry. Uh, Larry Arn. Uh, he he talked about when when students come to a school, and the teacher's duty is uh, not to tell them what to think, but to figure it out with them. And he said, any teacher who tells tells the students what ideas to have is not a teacher. The teacher that goes over questions and uh, queries with them and thinks with them and ponders issues with them and comes to a conclusion alongside them is, is what teaching is all about. And what I believe is what makes Hillsdale stand out as it is, because they also talked about they have a what it, or what is like like a two percent uh, dropout rate or something, which is compared to other colleges, which is anywhere from like twenty to forty percent, I believe. Mm-hmm. And when you have a foundation in in true in true teaching, which is exploring ideas and topics, uh, that that it's so crystal clear why other institutions fall and why they they kowtow to all this garbage wokeness because you're not forcing ideas on people that's that's not how anybody grows because that not only takes away their i guess it, it in a way infringes on their rights as rights as kids but it also removes their ability to think freely so if you're not able to put a problem in front of somebody and say and if the kid is saying you know well, tell me how to do it. It's like, you have the tools, you can figure it out, and I'll be here to help you. So I, I just loved their, their whole conversation and specifically talking about education and how it should be done. It rings true, and I think all all people who want to become teachers or, or current faculty at all colleges should really really take a, a take a play out of their handbook. Yep, and B-Dog, you have some... Uh... Without again getting yourself canceled, you you know someone who knows someone who knows someone who I believe is currently attending Hillsdale. Have you heard much about it? I only amazing things. I mean, this person went through a lot in a school in California, and then they made the decision to leave that school because they just it, it. Kind of talking about what Igor was talking about with the school in California, they just shut down kids' creativity and also just the freedom of speech or freedom to talk or wonder and come to teachers with questions they just any kind of it was very a very woke school and so I felt extremely happy for this person when they were able to transfer over to Hillsdale and they're having the time of their lives they feel like they're able to fully discover things on their own but then they have these amazing mentors that they can go to and help them further understand really complex but amazing things you know not only about this country and the history and the politics and how all that works but also just how to be uh the best human you can be how you can be a critical thinker how how to read a book how to uh you know be the best sometimes even just be the best parent you can be it's it's a very well-rounded school that this person i mean and they also get to be active in sports at the same time and you know their whole football leagues in the d2 league so they're at a high level and everyone there i mean the leadership is what i've noticed has been just 
they're all rock stars, the leaders there. They're really great mentors and leaders, which is what kids need to enhance their education at that level. Excellent. Yeah. I don't know if all of you saw or heard Jordan Peterson's commencement address to Hillsdale in the spring, but man, if you haven't, that is just, that's, I mean, far and away, it's the best commencement address I've ever heard, even being someone way, way, way beyond college. I mean, there's lessons in there for everyone. It's just, it's amazing. And it, it almost looks like he's not even reading it. He's just, he's just <laughs> talking. And one more thing, and then I'll let someone else go. But speaking, it's interesting that Igor brought up Jordan because I was listening to his podcast the other day and he was talking to someone, a couple people, and he said that Jordan said that he had contacted or his people had contacted Pete. What's his name? Uh, butt cheeks. <laughs> what's what's your name for him, G-Man? Judge my butt. <laughs> okay. They had contact. This is it true. They after this ridiculous inflation reduction bill, or it may have been the previous boondoggle, they contacted his office about the infrastructure part of it because spending when it really goes to infrastructure they said that it usually brings about a 13 to 1 return on investment so when you build a new bridge or a new road that's obviously good and so they were trying to get the figures to find out so they could track it and you know see what got built and what got done and what was the result and there his office got back to him and a spokesperson this part isn't an exact quote but they basically said we're not sure that on a project of this scale, effectiveness is a realistic goal. <laughs> so they all they sent him was a list of what states got how much money. And basically after that, they're not even going to bother tracking what happens to it. Oh, goody. Wait, I think I have something to say. <laughs> Can you see them uh, hiding under their desks when people ask them, you know, prevalent questions about things? They're cowering. They don't know what, what's going on there. That guy wasn't even a good mayor of his, what, Indiana town. And here he is yeah. running that whole conglomerate for the U.S. government. He's a moron like everyone else that Hayden hired for anything they do there. It's, it's a joke. That's all it is. What's fun is to hear what their responses are because they're always stupid. Yeah. Man, the queen of it is that that uh, press secretary. Oh, my God. Oh, Jean-Pierre? Oh, I've never heard her utter a coherent sentence since she's been there. It's just unbelievable. If you uh, wrote these people into, into comedies, <laughs> you know, they'd be... Yeah. It would be, you know, the next classic character, but these are real people somehow functioning, and it, it blows my mind. It is about like having a cast that you would, you know, like the West Wing show, you would cast a black lesbian as this and a gay guy as that, and a lady who, Carmela Harris, who we know where how she got where she is. I mean, it is just like a cast out of Hollywood. It's all yeah. very sad. Well, I think this uh, brings us back to the homeless people we were talking about. Sure. So I think if they if they weren't given these jobs, they they'd be the ho the homeless people. <laughs> oh man, has yeah. has the uh, has Greg Abbott shipped any people to California that you know of? Bust, I should say. I've only really heard of the ones bus off to Washington DC and Chicago I think. Yep. New York I think got a few. Yeah, Lori Lightfoot was <laughs> trying to make it a racial issue I heard. Uh, Igor uh, on this podcast we call her Beetlejuice. <laughs> Beetlejuice. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. Well, she's never looked oh, better. <laughs> make her eyes light oh. up and she'd be a perfect Halloween skull in your in your <laughs> living room window. <laughs> You're giving me nightmares. Jim. <laughs> I have the same uh, ones. 
Oh, man. Well, one last thing real quick before we get off Jordan Peterson and maybe towards the end of the podcast. He did talk about recently, uh, maybe I'm not sure if it was the same one you were listening to, Mo. Uh, he was talking with two people, one more on the the Democrat side, one more as the moderator. And uh, they're all friends and, you know, they're yeah, they have good discussions, whatnot. But one of them brought up uh, the fact that Jordan, who hadn't shared this publicly yet, had received a letter from a kid who told him, I was going to be a school shooter, but listening to your your talks stopped me from doing that. Wow. And that just, that put me on the floor just thinking about who 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 else can you listen to or who else do you know of in the public eye who has received so much harassment but who has done so much good for young men and young women who who else can say that a kid came to them and told them you are the reason i didn't shoot up a school Mm -hmm. and so anyone who would call him a bigot or a homophobe or a transphobe or a you know a white supremacist terrible person i just how how could you possibly look at facts like that and say yeah they're they're terrible and what they're they stand for is terrible yeah i did hear that that was very powerful and i'm sure humbling for him and just mm-hmm. a little ray of sunshine yeah, I, yeah you you can find there are moments where he talks about the good he has done the good that people tell him they've done for, he's done for their lives and he just gets emotional he'll start he'll start crying while talking about it because to have an impact like that it's something he one never thought he could have but it's just a power beyond any other to bring that into somebody's experience hey here's a maybe a quick fire round we'll see and i'll have a b-dog answer first talk about rip from the headlines you've may hopefully you've heard about the guy in memphis that crazy literally crazy guy that was doing live facebook of him going around shooting and killing people and no. he had oh you didn't oh, gosh he was so he was convicted of attempted murder two years ago and he he and whoever pled it down to aggravated assault and he only got one year in prison he got out about six months ago and now he does this so the question is it's obvious he did it. There's no question he did it. What would you do with him? Wow. I mean, that I'm processing just because I just found out about that situation. First of all, that's I, I, I get so speechless with this type of stuff because it's so my brain just it doesn't understand why there isn't more action taken with those types of situations. And I mean, I, I don't believe in the death penalty, but he should not have been like released that early and should, and my, I think, you know, being, I, I don't know, just being in jail forever. If he, he went on to clarify, he was, he went on a shooting spree or he just, he's been on and murdered several people. Yeah. All within like 12 hours, I think he wow. just, it sounds like just random people. He would just go and. Yeah, I, I don't have all the details, but that's the basics of it. Yeah, I mean, with a lot of this stuff, I don't know where to, you know, always add too much input just because that's where you just, I don't know if I can talk about this, but just being a religious person, I just always, like, leave it up to God because I know that he's in control and that whatever kind of justice he has in mind, it's going to be, you know, good in terms of, what that guy deserves for doing what he did but in terms of what we do here i don't think he should have ever been released if you go around doing that in one day and then you're released only after you know a little bit of time i just that that's so flawed in the system what state was this in tennessee so tennessee wow that's surprising too in tennessee i didn't realize how bad memphis was g man have you been following this much? No, I, I mean, I heard about it right after that happened, that, that he had done that. But I also heard that Memphis has had major problems, I, sorry to say, due to the uh, darkness of Memphis. 
Yeah. Igor, how about you? Well, yeah, if I if I put my goody two shoes um, perspective on the shelf, I those great you know those saw movies? <laughs> I if he if he likes going live on on social media so much, I'll I'll, I'll put him on live for all the world to see. And I'll I'll uh I'll give him a couple choices of three doors to pick. One of them says definitely safe. The other one says pretty safe and the other one says G-man. You're, you're G- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, G-man can be one yeah. of them. And no matter what he chooses, he's going to be walking into a world of hurt. And boy, yeah, that that sounds like a yeah, either the Saw movies or, you know, when the Joker kidnaps people in, in the Batman, in the Dark Knight, you know. Mm-hmm. Any of those sound like reasonable responses to somebody who seems so adamant about sharing their their life on social media to that degree. It's appalling. Yeah, it's pretty tough to, uh, I mean, there there's a life in prison. And you never want to think about it strictly from an economic standpoint, but it it probably costs what fifty fifty thousand dollars a year to have someone in prison of of that ilk. And obviously, the quick answer is just a quick lethal injection or something, which is horrible too. But I don't know what sort of prospects a guy like that has for rehabilitation or obviously. He doesn't have any prospects because we know what he did after they tried to quote unquote rehabilitate him. Uh, I like what a Florida sheriff did, I think a year ago or so, when somebody shot somebody dead and then they killed him and the sheriff came on and he said, I'm going to tell every single person out there, you come here and you think of killing somebody and you do that, we will shoot you dead. We will not, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts. We will shoot you dead. And that is exactly, there's two things. You tell those people, they do this, and you're dead no matter what. You throw your gun down, you're dead. And number two, we're not going to say your name anywhere so that they can know who did it or whatever. But you're dead and you're nameless when that happens. No, no good yeah. answers. But no, no, no. That was that. a good answer. Come on. Well, that, that was a great answer. That, no, I was, that's a that's a great answer. Go. No good All answers, right. just great Thank answers. You. <laughs> Don't make me go postal on you. It does but, seem like if you just put up billboards that say exactly that, I don't know if that would have any effect. I mean, if you're that mentally gone, does it? I don't know. If you're that I, mentally I, gone, then it's time to leave. Hey, that's a good one for a billboard. If you're that mentally gone, it's time to leave. Yeah, put him in a room with the uh, the head secretary of what uh, the health. Oh my God, oh, oh, Biden! Oh, that guy. Put him in a room. Oh, yeah, put, put him oh. put him in a room with with that um, thing, and you know Man, he'll have yeah. his, his decision to make an hour with with that or. Oh. Hey. He'll get he'll get you coming or going literally. Oh man! Oh. Uh, now you're gonna give me nightmares, Igor. Jeez, that is. How about some big fat heads on his cell in prison with that guy? Ooh, or that thing. I'm sorry, that thing. Ooh. Oh, oh, that's man. too cruel. I think you should just put a yeah. bullet in his head. I have a wait. I have a question for all of you. And maybe you've already answered it with how you said that. But let's say this guy was doing what he did in Memphis, both B-Dog and Igor. You're, you're packing for some reason, just for your safety. Would you use a gun on him? I'd take out his kneecaps, maybe. What if you missed? Yeah. Oh, I won't miss. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Lone Ranger. <laughs> uh, B-Dog? Um, sorry, just, you mean like, what would I do if, if I witnessed what this guy right, was Right, like he's, he's, yeah. uh, to, if you're packing yeah, heat. Yeah, if you're packing too. heat mm-hmm. and he's shooting people and, and you're mm-hmm. watching this and say you're, you're, you're 30 feet away from him with 
his back mm-hmm. to you and you've got a nine mm-hmm. mil in your purse. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough question. I mean, cause I, I've taken a pretty serious gun course training and, you know, we had to deal with those type. They give us scenarios like this. They're like, you know, what would you do? Even though they're not aiming, you know, you're not at gunpoint. They're not, you know, they're not looking at you. They're shooting other people. What would you do? And we're trained not to. That if it's they are not endangering you, you're not supposed to do anything. Because then you're not technically defending yourself, which is that's what you have the right to do. I would probably try to, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard with these scenarios because, you know, in it, it's different, but... I'd probably just try to get people out of the way and what I can do behind the scenes to make sure no one else gets hurt, but I wouldn't come in contact with him and I would get, you know, cops involved or someone who has the right to take down someone who's doing something like that. What do they say anything about firing the equivalent of a warning shot? So this person knows that someone else has got a gun or was Um, that, was that talked about or not? No, I don't really remember them talking about warning shots. Um, I just know they always taught us if you have your gun out at the ready, you're ready to shoot. Like you, if unless you are ready to shoot someone, that needs to be in your holster. So. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Gee, man, have you have you taken gun? I mean, either like gone to the range or taken gun classes or anything. You or? can't prove it. <laughs> okay. Maybe. So <laughs> So what would you do? I mean, I, I guess I don't know. I guess know. what I would do I is I would seriously, I'm not I'm not fooling around or anything here. If he was shooting yeah. people and I saw him doing that and he was killing people, I would get as close as I could and I would aim for the body mass and I would shoot about four into his back. And then as he spun around and fell down, I would walk up hoping that he was still breathing. And I'd walk up to him, and I and I'd say, and I go, "Oh, you're still breathing. I missed." And I'd put one right in his forehead. <laughs> oh my god! Right in his forehead. <laughs> That's okay. just me, though. That's just me. Yeah, yeah. I I can't top that. I don't know what I I I do not. I don't know what I would do. I must say. What, what do you? It's like you say, Mo. What do you do? With somebody like that, what if he put his gun down and then the police surround him and, okay, you're going to jail yeah. now. You've killed 13 people, 14 people. You know, okay, you're going to jail now. He doesn't deserve to live. Sorry, he doesn't. He is pond scum puke. How about those two in Canada that killed 10 people by knifing them to death? I mean, that's no small crime either. No. I'd be bringing my gun again, and I'd shoot him, and I'd go up to him while he's still breathing and say, look, you idiot, you brought a knife to a gunfight. And then, bam, right into his forehead again. What else can you do? What else can you do? Oh, all right. G-Man never never fails to elevate us. (laughs) That's right. Just remember that if somebody's mass killing people around you. Uh, I think I told this, but I'll tell B-Dog and Igor. Uh, One time, an FBI agent happened to be outside a bank in the 30s, and uh, it was a robbery that was happening, and the the, uh, FBI guy pulled his gun out and shot the bank robber, but he lived, okay, and they put him in prison. And then one of the guys, the administrators, came to, to Hoover's desk and put this paper to him, and he said, what's this? He goes, this is a accommodation for that FBI agent that uh, stopped the bank robbery. And he goes, you mean that one that they put in prison? And he goes, yeah. And he tore it up. He goes, what are you doing? He says, he didn't kill him. Wow. Huh. And that was a true story. Did not. He says, I, wow. and then he said, you always aim for the body mass and you put them down. So hmm. Hmm. there you go. There we go. All right. Well, I'll end it on. A, a light note. I heard. Uh, I don't know if it was a, a a news story. It must have been a news story. It wouldn't have been a commercial. But it said it said every five minutes a woman is diagnosed with some horrible disease. And my first thought is that lady needs to find a new doctor. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. All right. Well, as we wrap up. 
Uh, B Dog, what are your final words? My final. I never words want to meet G Man. He's <laughs> <laughs> violent. Wow, That's you read my mind. <laughs> you read my mind through the phone. I'm so shocked. Uh, just holy cow, and uh, yeah, G Man read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not really that violent. I, at least you can't prove it. So this is why we use these fake names. Got it. Really freaking exactly. Names. Got it. Yep. Exactly. Okay, Igor. Have a uh, wonderful time listening uh, to future episodes, and uh, hopefully, I'll be back before long. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking with everybody and getting thoughts out there. And if you don't listen to Jordan Peterson, make it a habit. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. G-Man, anything? I'll stop. All right. Well, we'll just say thanks to everyone, as always, for listening. Hopefully, B-Dog will pass this along anonymously to some people she knows, and we'll double our listenership. Well, I, won't, yeah. I won't say what it is right now, but... Uh, <laughs> We do appreciate you guys coming on. Welcome back anytime to the right angle. That was easy.